On this week's show, we're going to be talking about how your brand promise can actually drive revenue and help build your business. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Now, before we get started with today's content, I want to throw out a special offer to all of you non-EGIA members. Click the Join button at the top right, then select the Plus Membership. We'll give you access to the full courses so you can start to take your business to the next level. Now, last week we had Gary Ellickson talking about kind of your core values and your brand promise and why it's important to identify what those things are. This week I want to talk to you about how that brand promise and those core values actually builds your business and drives revenue. Let's join Gary again as he continues the discussion. I think the execution and the implementation of getting to the customer service side is really the challenge that most of us face. So if you go through video one and you break down some of those ideas, probably went, yep, I agree with that. I think that makes sense. But then we get down to the practical side of the equation and we ask, hmm, how do I actually do it? And what is, how's the time work? In other words, what am I going to give up in order to accomplish this? So I'd, I'd like to give you some statistics first. And then I'm going to take you over to the whiteboard. And I'm going to break down some of those basic ideas for implementation. And then as I come back into the studio, we'll finalize the discussions uh, in segment two so that we can crystallize for you, uh, both as an owner management team and if we have team members or associates watching this, technicians, maintenance technicians, customer service dispatchers, uh, getting everybody on the same page and working together as a team in alignment doesn't mean that you're going to sit around the campfire and sing kumbaya and everybody's going to have s'mores and love each other. That's just not necessarily what we're talking about. Not saying that's a bad idea because that's not necessarily a bad idea. But the idea we're discussing is we need to have a common theme and a common set of philosophies for how we're going to operate as a business. And so people understand inside of the team what that is and how it's supposed to work. And when that's occurring, even if we make a mistake, we understand that that, that happens, physical errors happen. But the, but the process itself is organized. And so you're going to win more often than not if you can set up those types of practices. So I'm going to give you some of those ideas. So first off, let's look at some stats. If you take a look at this slide, uh, this is just general research that's out there as to why you should turn your customer service and brand experience goggles on full power and just start staring at what you're doing and what your customers are saying you're doing and benchmarking that with what you think you're doing. Uh, which sometimes are not the same thing. So the first issue is pretty much, you know, I hear this all the time when I do the pricing classes. You know, I got one truck Harry out there and he's just out there at $2,500 and, you know, I'm at $7,000 and the customer just doesn't understand the difference. Well, that's a problem for sure, but it's not the exact problem that's being defined by that argument, meaning that the, if the guy doesn't know what he's doing and he's pricing it under cost, there's not a heck of a lot you can do anyway. You have to price for your own value proposition. But the second part of that equation goes like this. People are going to spend more money if they actually believe they're going to get better customer service. You would not have BMW. You would not have Lexus. You would not have Ferrari. You would not have Jaguar. You would not have Maserati. You would not have McLaren. You would not have Bugatti. You wouldn't have any of those things. You wouldn't have expensive houses. You would have nothing that was anything other than a granite structure or a concrete structure that you, know, you just lived in and everybody lived in the same place. We're a capitalist business planet here in the United States. I mean, that's what we do. 
What that means is there's competition, okay? So competition creates differences in value, meaning that, hey, I can sell a Ferrari for X amount of dollars because it has things on it and does things that these other vehicles don't. Somebody thought about that idea, they created that idea, they executed that idea. So 10% more doesn't seem like a lot, but you're not competing against that guy who is essentially you know, working out of his house who doesn't understand how to price. Nothing wrong with that guy. I like that guy. I hope he joins EGIA and figures out how to actually price. You should get him to join EGIA. The flip side of that is, is that there's a whole lot of companies out there that are not exceptional at their customer experience. And so if we can't translate that to the client, then the client doesn't really have any way to mechanize the uh, 10%. They can't what we call monetize it. So if I walk into an ice cream shop and I order some gelato and I order chocolate and they hand me vanilla, it's like, what planet are you on? I asked for chocolate. I pointed to it. And so you gave me vanilla. You weren't connecting the customer relationship. On the other hand, uh, and by the way, that makes me maybe not want to patronize them again, which is one of the next bullets. If on the other hand, they give me the, you know, would you like to taste that chocolate? I've got two different chocolates. Let me give you a taste of each one, and you can pick the one you like. Oh my, two chocolates, because I'm a chocolate kind of guy. So they give me the taste, and I go, you know, that one's pretty good, and oh my, that's the one, that's it. That's the chocolate I want. And they hand me that. I am willing to pay them more money because they treated me better than the, you know, the other experience, which is you didn't listen to me. I asked you for chocolate, and you end up giving me something that I didn't ask for. So it didn't cost really any money for that second uh, discussion to happen, but it was a cultural event that had to have some training attached to it. That team member or employee had to understand, hey, how do I execute that? I want the customer to have choice. I want the customer to be happy. I want the customer to get what they expected, and I want to deliver some exceptional value. So I'm willing to pay extra money for it because, man, it was good. It hit the palate. It was fantastic. So in HVAC, plumbing, electrical, roofing, painting, pest control, don't care what your business is. Understanding that people will pay you more money if they believe there's a customer service deliverable there is important. So think about this. Your warranties, your guarantees, your brand promise, all the things that you market need to scream to the customer whatever your customer experience is going to be. So I'm a higher end business uh, at, from the standpoint of how we want to present ourselves. So we're going to advertise a lifetime parts and labor guarantee on service repairs. That screams that I've got no risk associated with your repairs. So if you're going to do business with me, you may have to pay me more money initially to be able to afford the service that we're going to deliver. But we're going to give you a warranty or guarantee that's going to back that. And so that's worth the 10%. So I'm using that as an example, but there are multitudes of examples, okay? Two-year, no questions asked, money-back guarantee. So everybody says that. But you know, is it really translation to the homeowner? So let's go to the slide. So the second area there then is when a customer actually really receives good experience, like it really happens well, they're going to talk to people. And they're going to go on social media. And so they're going to be between 10 and 12 people out there that are going to essentially get a positive vibe, a positive message. The second part of that, though, unfortunately, is when somebody has a poor experience, when the deliverable doesn't match. I got vanilla instead of chocolate and they didn't correct the problem. Well, when that happens, we're gonna tell 20 people.
You know, we all know that one of your most important assets in your company is that customer loyalty. Now I want to share some information with you about how that brand promise can build loyalty through the exceptional customer experience. Number four, 82% are going to repeat with you if they have a good customer experience. Number five, 91% are not. I'm in the 91%, and I'm still sabotaging the guy's brand on the experience. So now, fast forward. We are almost two years later, and I have just purchased a new house. This new house is going to get two new garage doors because the old garage doors are kind of dilapidated. They're, it's an older house, and it's going to need some renovation. And I've already made up my mind. I'm replacing them. You think I'm calling garage door works? No, not going to happen. I'm in the 91%. So that's going to be about $1,800 per garage door. So he's losing $3,600 of transactions. And I've influenced the community out there. And when I go play golf and the guy's out on the golf course, hey, I see you got a new you, you were doing some work on your house. You got a new garage door. What happened? I'm like, well, it's a terrible story. You really don't want to hear it. No, no, no. Let's go have a beer. Well, I can tell you who to not do business with. Okay? And that's the 20 people. So you have no choice in life but to follow a couple of paradigms. And so I want you to understand the statistics. It's not worth arguing with somebody like me. You made a mistake. Even if you didn't make the mistake, it's probably still not worth the argument in today's environment. The reality is, is that if you make a customer mad or angry and they have the venom that I had in this situation, they're going to go out there and they're going to start talking to people. They're going to talk to people at their church, their golf clubs. They're going to talk at restaurants. They're going to talk to people at their bunco parties, their neighborhood network gatherings, their rotary clubs. Networking and social media are essentially the new version of what's going on. And the digital media platform is now the center of the universe. You don't have the luxury to allow somebody like me to get out there and become unhinged relative to the customer experience. So the interesting part about that is you can go out there and look up that review and look up that information. So I went online and I found three other customers that had reviews out there that had the same exact problem. So I went and grabbed the links, put them up and pasted them right next to my Facebook and said, I don't think I'm the only customer. So what are you going to do about it? Let's go talk about what you need to do about it. All right, so you don't want to be that guy. You want to be a customer relationship, customer-oriented, brand experience-oriented company. Do not argue with your customers. It's not worth it. You may win the argument. You may even be right, but you're going to lose the brand experience problem, and that's going to affect your, not only your ratings on social media and what's happening on the digital footprint, but it's also going to affect the opportunity for me to go out there and basically influence 20 people or thousands of people. So number one, implementation. First thing I want you to do is I want you to conduct a 360-degree review of yourself and your customer service with what we call an employee survey. You can go out on the Contractor University site. You can go into the HR section, Human Resources. Go in the best practice that says reviews. 360-degree review process is already there. It's the one I use. I give it to all my team members, and I go, I don't care if you put your name on it or not. It doesn't matter want your feedback, want to know what we're doing right, want to know what we're doing wrong, what you perceive that we're doing wrong, don't care, write it, tell me what's going on. I want, to, I want reviewed on leadership, I want reviewed on what we're doing on customer service, I want what we're doing on employee relationships, benefits, all of it, I don't care. Give it to me, okay? Now, a lot of people are going to be very nervous about that idea, but that's the exact place that you need to start. 
your focal point is in changing people's behavior patterns. You cannot change somebody's behavior pattern until you identify the idea that why they think what they think. It's not about money. It's not about training. It's about how did they arrive at what they think. So I can't tell you what you're thinking unless you tell me what you're thinking. 360 degree survey. Do it. Do it every single year. Get the feedback from your team members. Get the feedback from what's going on in your circle. If you are a one-man band, then you don't have to worry about this. But if you have two people, it's worth doing. If you have 10 people, clearly you need to do that. So a $1 million company that has three technicians, maybe a maintenance technician, probably a bookkeeper, maybe somebody in the office doing some payables, some receivables, maybe doing some customer service dispatch, business owner, and maybe an installation crew and a helper, you might have between eight and 10 employees, you gotta get their feedback, okay? They're gonna tell you exactly what's going on, but the thing that we're gonna attack is the change pattern here on the behaviors, meaning that they may think that they're doing it right for you, and they may believe in their heart of hearts that they are doing it right, and that's where their belief system and your belief system don't match. I want it done this way, you're gonna do it this way, you think you're doing it really well, I'm un unhappy with that, or the customer in the center is unhappy with that. And so sometimes we get feedback and sometimes we don't. So that business owner who took my phone call and yelled at me and hung up on me, he doesn't understand the first thing about customer service. He might think he does, but he was a hot-headed entrepreneurial business guy who was a technical guy who got by and built his business because he was the fastest guy to get to the garage door fix. But as he built his business, his transition from an entrepreneurial state to a managerial leadership state is in turmoil. And so what happens is he grew to his Peter principle. His customer service and brand experience practices grew to his level of technical competency. But his bedside manner sucks. So he is paying the price because he ran into a customer who has the capabilities to go out to the marketplace. And he didn't know who I was or what my capabilities were, but you never know who your customers are. You don't know if they're attorneys, you don't know if they're doctors, you don't know who they're connected to, but we're all connected 4.3 to everybody in the world now because of Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. You can't afford the luxury of doing it any other way. Find out what's going on, adjust. And as we all know, kind of communicating that culture and that, that core value system, that brand promise to your homeowners is critically important. I want to share with you a role play video where I kind of share our company's story at my company and I want to show you how to communicate that to your homeowners so that they can see you actually live the brand promise. Okay, uh, so Doug, if you don't mind me asking, what do you do for a living? I'm actually in the marketing business. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I do a lot of marketing and advertising with our firm. Yeah? Yep. Awesome, awesome. And you, Jamie, I know you said that you work. Yeah, I work in the health club industry, so oh, yeah? actually, yeah, I manage a health club. Very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. And have you been at that for a while? I have. It's, you know, I went to college for that, and that's really? my sports medicine degree, so okay. I got to actually put it to use. Awesome, <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, again, I re really appreciate you guys having me, and what I'd like to do is just share a little information with you. Uh, about my company and kind of give you an idea uh, of who we are. And kind of the cornerstone of our business is what we call our buy it back guarantee. You know, uh, when you go buy a flashlight at Walmart or uh, you know some kind of tool at, at Costco or something like that, and if you don't like that item, if it doesn't work right, you just don't like it, something like that, would you typically just kind of, kind of take that back to Costco or Walmart and return it? I've never done that. 
Just yeah. kidding. We do it all the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they take it back. No questions exactly. asked. Yeah, exactly. So what happens when you take something back, you buy a dress or something, you don't like it, you take it back to a, a department store. You just don't like it. It didn't fit right. Or maybe you just decided you didn't like it. You didn't wear it. And then take it back, of course. <laughs> yeah. But you just didn't like it. You don't get a lot of brain damage, right? If right. you return the item, you get your money back. They let you exchange it for something new, whatever it is. Well, uh, we decided a few years ago that it should be the same way in the heating and air conditioning business. Mm -hmm. That if you bought a heating and air conditioning system, you just didn't like it, you didn't like the way it heated, you didn't like the way it cooled, you just didn't like anything you know, about it, uh, that you should have the opportunity to return that system. And so that's kind of the foundation of our company. We call that our buy it back guarantee. And it's a very powerful way to do business, a very effective way to do business. And we believe that the risk of this purchasing decision should be on our shoulders, not on yours. Obviously, we're asking you to trust our company. Uh, we're asking you to uh, invest uh, money with our company uh, versus another company. So we figure that it should be our responsibility to make sure the job's done right. And if it's not done right, that shouldn't be your problem. It should be ours. Uh, what I'd like to do, Doug and Jamie, is to uh, share a letter with you to demonstrate what this guarantee looks like in real life. You hear the term satisfaction guarantee, money back guarantee quite often, sure. and sometimes it's in one ear and out the other. So we like to really illustrate what it looks like in real life. This is a letter from a customer of ours, Sarah Parker, and Sarah had a very high efficiency heating system put in her home, and obviously it's very high efficiency. It was the most expensive uh, system as well. About eight months after we did the installation, I got a call from her, and she said that she needed the old system you know pulled out and the cheapest system we had installed and refund her the difference and of course I was very curious what happened so I said Sarah what exactly happened and she says well I I just learned that uh, she had been diagnosed sadly with cancer and was very very sick and as a result she was gonna have to leave her job for treatment as a result of leaving her job she was gonna have to sell her house so she was just trying to round up all the money that she could and uh, you know before she sold her home and went to this very uh, through this very traumatic situation. And once she explained the situation to me, I said, now listen, Sarah, we're not going to yank that system out. What I want you to do is very simple. You keep the expensive system. Uh, what I'm going to do is to refund you the difference and allow you to keep that system because it was the right thing to do. And this is a letter that Sarah uh, wrote uh, uh, the next year after she was able to sell the house. In fact, the real estate agent told her that because she had that you know, high efficiency system, it was actually one of the, the things that the, the person that bought the home from her really enjoyed. And so it actually helped her sell her house. So it was a, it was a win-win for everybody. And this is just a, a, a letter where she outlines that whole story. And, and again, I just want to share that with you because I think when you're, you're talking to a heating and air conditioning contractor, a contractor of any, any kind, uh, it's important to know what they do when the chips are down. Because obviously these are complex mechanical systems, there can be a problem. You want to know who's going to come out and take care of it and if they're going to take care of it. So, you know, if we would do something like this in this situation, what does that say about how we would treat your system if it went out on a, on a, a 7 o'clock on a Tuesday night and it just wasn't heating or cooling? Do you think our company would be apt to come out and give you this kind of service? Well, it definitely sounds that way. So there was really nothing wrong with Sarah's system? You just, you just That's yeah. amazing. So, Doug, Jamie, I'd like to ask you a question. How do you suppose Sarah Parker felt? when her heating and air conditioning company you know, really had her back when the chips were down and she had this situation. How do you suppose she felt? Surprised. Amazed. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that uh, the fact that her heating and air conditioning company uh, kind of stepped in, right. uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah I, uh, it was a pretty amazing. It was a wonderful opportunity for us to, to help her out. And, uh, and obviously, uh, you know, we wanted things to work out well for her. Have you ever known anybody, a friend, a family member, maybe a neighbor or something like that, that got two or three bids 
uh, for a project for their home, a deck, a roof, windows, HVAC, whatever it is, got two or three bids and still had some kind of problem with the contractor. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that goes around. In fact, I think the, the company that we chose was the fifth company uh, that we had talked to. So, right. yeah, it's, it's right. pretty commonplace that we, yeah. we normally get three or four bids. Right. And that's another reason that we offer this guarantee, because we know that typically folks are going to talk to a couple of three companies and try to make a decision. What we have learned is that three bids doesn't really protect us. We get three bids, why? Because you don't want to be taken advantage of, you don't want to be ripped off. And what we've learned through our years of experience in the industry, it's not about three bids or two bids or five bids or whatever, it's about having an ironclad guarantee that if something goes wrong, uh, that you're going to have some recourse. And all the bids in the world aren't going to help with that because at the end of the day, it's a gut check. Think about this. When you're buying a service like a heating and air conditioning system, when are you going to know whether or not that service is performed properly and correctly, before the installation or after? Well, I guess it's going to be after, after once, yeah. we, once we figure out if it works like it's supposed to. Right. And that's the real problem. You can have two bids, five bids, whatever people come in, they can tell you anything. You know, when, when, when your dad uh, was out shopping for HVAC systems and my dad uh, back in the day, as it were, it was a lot different back then. They could have two or three contractors into their home for windows, HVAC, or whatever, and odds are they'd get two or three sets of the truth. Do you think that's true anymore? I mean, you, you just can't do business like that right. these days. Yeah. Sadly, uh, people will come in and tell you anything anything they have to to get their hands on your money. And that's just the reality of, of the day and age in which we live. That's why we offer this guarantee. Because at the end of the day, no matter who you talk to, you're going to have to do a gut check. And you're not going to know for sure whether or not they do a good job until after the installation. So let me ask you this question. Suppose you had to make a decision right now. If you had to choose between you know, two bids, three bids, five bids from five different companies that would come in and, and tell you anything to get their hands on your money. Or over here, you had one company, one company that would treat you the way we treated Sarah Parker. If you had to choose between those two options, which would you prefer? I think I, I like the company that took care okay. of Sarah Parker. The one that you can trust and, sure. and know that no matter what happens, they, they have your back and that they're going to stand behind what they believe is right. Yeah, I agree. Now, if you're interested in learning more about the sales process, I want to encourage you to sign up for our 30-day free trial by clicking join at the top of this page. So it's really important that you understand that what we're talking about today is just a small slice of the overall pie. You've got to dig into the entire core content to really understand the principles and how to use them to grow your business. Once you understand the principles and can implement the entire process, the results can be transformational. I mean, stop and think about this. If you execute on a simple sales process, that's designed to confront the objections and deal with the obstacles that we're going to face every time we sit down at the kitchen table, what if that system could deliver just one more sale out of every 10? I mean, think about it. If you're currently closing three or four out of 10, what would happen if you got one of the six or seven that you're losing? It can be the difference in building a successful company and a successful career in sales. Now, in case you're not aware, I want you to know about a new podcast we've recently launched called Unfiltered. Now, I want to share a clip from the podcast where Drew Cameron and myself were talking about our Harley-Davidson that I got early on in my career after Drew had given me a job in the industry. It's funny, after you hired me, I don't know, three, four, five months later, I'm making some money, uh, ended up meeting a girl, moving in with her, and I went down to treat myself to a Harley-Davidson and drove down to Pueblo, Colorado and bought a 2003 Anniversary Edition Fat Boy. And I brought it back home and I called you. You may not remember this, maybe you do. And I said, man, I just got this motorcycle. And the first thing you asked me is you said, 
Now, wait a minute. Did you just happen to buy a motorcycle or did you make it an express goal to get that Harley? And I said, it was a goal, man. I used to sit around the penitentiary thinking, man, I'm going to give me a motorcycle one day and I'm going to ride like the wind, wind blowing through my hair. That didn't work out, but <laughs> the rest of it worked out. I haven't had that dream. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty special industry. And I got to tell you, man, it's a kick in the pants getting to work with two guys that I've respected, admired for many years. The guy that brought me into the industry. Remember, I tried to hire you in 2007. I couldn't afford you in my HVAC company. I Still can't remember. afford you. I do remember that. Still can't afford you. <laughs> <laughs> now you bring me whiskey from Canada. You don't have to afford me. I mean, I, I come here and talk to you for free. <laughs> it brings Get expensive to hang out whiskey. Of here. This is great. It, it is a neat, uh, neat little thing. This little fraternity that we've we've got, where we've all kind of come together for the greater good. It's a kick in the pants. I love you both, man. Well, folks, that's our show for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Be sure and check out all the unfiltered episodes. Also, be sure and live your brand promise. We'll see you next week here on Cracking the Code. Until then, bye-bye for now. <laughs>